0: Welcome to episode one of Confessions from the Death of a Single Black Female Professor. Today, I have a featured guest and I thought that this individual would be um, a great start for uh, my first episode because this individual knows me unlike anybody else. Um, he just so happens to live with me and at one point in time, he lived inside of me. So I'm going to... Oh, that's so crazy, man. Whatever. So I'm <laughs> going to allow him to give a brief introduction of himself.
1: <clears throat> Hi, my name is Elliot, and I like playing video games.
0: That's all you're going to say about yourself? I mean, you sound so robotic, too.
1: I sound robotic?
0: Yeah, you do. Okay. So anyway, if you have ever been around Elliot and I at the same time, for a period of time, most people say that we should have our own reality show. And I believe the reason that they say that is because of the type of bond and the type of relationship that Elliot and I possess. Uh, When Elliot was small, or I should say when Elliot was younger, I set the foundation. You know, I, I set the boundaries And, um, so Elliot knew that I was his mom and and Elliot knew to respect me as his mom. And in the same token, I respected Elliot as my child, you know, and a lot of parents feel like, well, I'm the authoritarian and you do as I say, and not as I do. And I can agree with that to a certain extent, but at the same time, if we want to raise children who are going to be in tune with their emotions, and who are going to be in tune with uh, their actions and how they treat people and how people perceive them, then that all starts at home. And it's not to say that I have all the answers or that I have done everything correctly, but we have reached a point in Elliot's life now where I can be more transparent with him and we can have discussions that I wouldn't have dared had when he was five years old. Which kind of leads me into the conversation or the the topic the topic, yeah, thank you that we're going to talk about today, and the topic that we're going to discuss today deals with uh, the two terms resistance and acceptance, and I allowed Elliot to pick the topic, and so Elliot, if you will briefly tell the audience why you selected those two terms as the topic for today's discussion.
1: I mean, I chose them because in your introduction, you were were talking about doing things in relation to dating. Or that was one of the few topics that you talked about. (laughs) That was redundant. Very much
0: so, but I wasn't going to say anything, so just keep rolling.
1: Okay. But that was one of the things that you mentioned, so why not narrow it down a little bit more so you could talk about resistance and acceptance in its relation to dating, so...
0: Okay, so you were thinking of dating in regards to resistance and acceptance. Did I, did I understand you correctly? Okay, so let me ask you this. When you think of um, resistance and acceptance in relation to dating, in relation to me being your mom, how do you correlate the two? How, how, or maybe I need to rephrase that or, or, or just change it all together. So I'm going to say it this way. Um, As your mom, how do you feel I display uh, resistance and acceptance when it comes to dating?
1: Well, when it comes to resistance, uh, I think this can apply to anybody, but you have a certain, uh, not always, not necessarily anybody, but you have a certain criteria that a guy has to meet in order for you to start talking to them. And so in a in a way, that's resistance because you're not allowing yourself to talk to this one person because they don't meet the criteria or they don't meet the, um, <clears throat> I guess, the rules that you want in place because you don't want to... Because time is the one thing that you can't get back, so you don't want to waste your time um, on someone who isn't the one for you or that you know that you're not going to enjoy talking to. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to acceptance for in relation to you, I think acceptance is when you allow yourself to... Um, just let your guard down and be open to having this relationship with a person and open to um, just letting them see the person who you are behind this. I don't want to say facade, but behind this demeanor, because um, you carry yourself a different way in public than you do in private. So
0: Okay, so, so do you feel that I have a representative or that I present a facade to people?
1: Um, Men in,
0: in particular, since we're talking about dating.
1: Um yes but it's not intentional and what do you mean because on a very superficial and surface level you just display this person or this woman who's self-sufficient um she lives in an apartment she's raising a sign and things of that nature and so <clears throat> the reason i say it's not intentional is because you don't wear your heart on your sleeve um, which means like you just don't make it seem like you actually deal with things that are going on like in relation to, let's say, mental health, um, physical health, or things like that. Not saying you're unhealthy or anything like that. I'm just saying.
0: AJ, I am so confused right now. What? So, What's confusing about that? Because you mentioned superficial. Are you referring to... Surface. So when you say from the surface... I come across as what?
1: You come across as a person who's who doesn't seem like she needs a man, I guess. Since we're talking about
0: oh, her. okay, okay, okay. You had me confused there for a minute. So I, I can, I can agree with you to a certain degree on that. I, I can, I can see where you're coming from, even though I disagree with it because it's not that I don't need a man at all, but. That is a defense mechanism that most people see when they see me. So it's not a facade. It's not a representative. It's what I have to do in order to survive. And that that's anybody. You know, you, you think about um, a chameleon, how um, the colors change depending on the environment to blend in. And that's a defense mechanism. You know, does that mean that the chameleon is, is afraid? No, the chameleon is doing what... He or she has to do in order to survive. So that's how I view it with myself. I don't have a representative, or or I don't um, portray this type of facade. But as you said, I don't wear my 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 feelings or my emotions um, on my sleeve. I just kind of move. I, I I operate. And when it comes to to dating, and some men may resist that. Some men may find that very resisting because I don't come across as needy. And the reason I don't come across as needy is because I take pride. I actually enjoy being able to take care of my son, take well you. Take care of you and to take care of myself. That doesn't mean that I don't need a man. That doesn't mean that I don't want a man. And and I have to deal with that quite often and I'm not going to get into my personal life too much, but in my in in the current situation that that that's an issue because I don't come across as being needy so my philosophy with that is I don't need you but I need you and what I mean by that is because I am so self-sufficient I'm not the type of woman that every time you turn around I'm saying hey I need you to pay this I need you to do this I need you to that but I need you to understand this EJ what do I always say what is what not free
1: Uh, um potential I ain't
0: said nothing about shit Uh, regarding potential well basically yeah i i said since you forgot nothing in life
1: oh nothing in life is free
0: right so nothing in life is free and when i refer to i don't need you but i need you is if something happens if i hit rock bottom or life deals me a crazy deck during one year or during a season or during a couple of months, I need you to have my back without me having to be worried about that. And that causes a problem for some men. I I, I don't quite understand why, but um, it causes an issue. And so when I think about acceptance and resistance in regards to dating, I can be honest. I have done more resisting than I have been accepting of men because even when it comes across to a man that I'm accepting, in my mind, I already know that I'm resisting. Because nine times out of ten, I know, I'm going to say nine and a half out of ten, I know if that situation or whatever, relationship situation, is going to last with that guy. But to the guy, it may come across when I just, you know, wake up one day and say, you know, can you please let me the fuck alone? And that's where the bluntness comes in. And, and they're like, well, what did I do? And they think, you know, OK, she's resistant when, in fact, I had already told myself this is not going to work for me anyway. And so my response was delayed in actually conveying that to the guy. I had given hints, subliminal messages but for whatever reason, that may have not been received. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. And so what I want to pose to my audience in this episode is in what ways do you resist? And in what ways are you accepting when it comes to relationship? Because please be mindful, everyone, I don't care who you are. I don't care how beautiful you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how how much you think you have it going on. You have baggage, myself included. I have baggage. Some men love the fact that I'm self-sufficient. They love the fact that I take care of my son, that I love to cook, that I keep a clean home, that I'm financially stable, but they absolutely positively hate that I'm going to call them out on their bullshit. And to some men, that may be my baggage. I don't know. Uh, To some men, the relationship that I have with my, my son, which is not compromising, may be a part of my baggage because they didn't have that relationship with their mother. And they don't understand that it's not about putting my son on some type of pedestal, but I'm setting the foundation for my son for when he leaves my nest and then he goes off into the world, he'll have an expectation He'll have a set of values for what type of woman works for him. So Elliot, I want to thank you for being my first featured guest. I have enjoyed having you. I have enjoyed you giving me your insight on um, how you view resistance and acceptance in uh, in relation to dating. Yeah, um, sure. You are 15. You're um Going into the tenth grade, you are a rising sophomore, and um, quickly tell me, what did you say? <laughs>
1: you had to say
0: all that about what is the truth? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, quickly, I want you to tell me because you you are just you know getting into the whole, um, you know, being in tune with your emotions and and um, you know opening up to 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 dating and 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 being vulnerable. Um, how do you think, and, and before I say this, please understand that your response at 15 is going to be totally different than it is at 20, than it is at 30, than it is at 40, 50, and so forth. 60, 70, 80, okay. 90, 90, 100. Let me know when you finish. Okay. So anyway, back to what I was saying. How do you feel those two terms relate to your dating or, or, or you getting involved in dating at this point in your life?
1: Man, that's circumstantial in my opinion. Okay. Because no, every two person is the same.
0: No, every two person. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I, I'm sorry. This is, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to step away from teacher mode or professor mode or instructor mode or whatever. This is a podcast. And so, I'm not going to correct you. The All damage right? is already done. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. Forgive me.
1: Okay. Every every person is not the same. Is, is that better? Mm-hmm. All right. So, I say circumstantial because every person is not the same. And so, with that being said, <clears throat> you're big on the whole theory of um, having love languages. And so, let's say, for the different love languages you interact, they express their emotions differently. So, for a person who likes to spend... For a person whose love language is physical touch they may not touch you or hug you as much and that may express resistance or they may be fully open to touching you maybe um maybe a little kiss you know what i'm saying maybe, maybe a little rub on the head you know and so <clears throat> that's one way then another love language could be let's say words of affirmation the person may be very standoffish and they may um. To see how they feel because they've been broke, heartbroken before, and so they don't want to start saying all this stuff. And things don't tend to work out.
0: Person, so. Oh, so let me make sure. Let me recap. So you're saying an individual whose love language is physical touch may meet someone whose love language is not necessarily physical touch because of external factors, or they may not be as open. To being as touchy feely, not because they're necessarily resisting, it's just because of some underlying issue that is unbeknownst to the individual that they are trying to date. Yeah, and the right. and the same thing for words of affirmation doesn't mean that you don't actually think she's beautiful. It doesn't mean that you don't actually think that you know uh, the outfit is 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 nice. It's just that. From previous experience, you may have tried to display that, and that just didn't work. The the individual didn't receive it. So I'm gonna wrap up, and I'm gonna end on that note because that's
1: one way to look at it. You
0: know, I I have had several experiences similar to what for what you're saying. Um, so I wasn't raised in a household where we were very touchy feely, where we were very expressive. I knew my mother and my father that they loved us. Uh, I knew my siblings loved me and I loved them. However, we just were not that type of family that we hugged and we kissed and did all of that. And so it was this one guy that I dated years ago.
1: Story time?
0: <sighs> Elliot, anyway. So yeah, I guess you could say. You want to sit Indian style, but anywho. So it was this one guy that I dated and um, he would come in, he would call and say, hey, you know, I'm on my way over. And he would come in and let's just say, I was in the kitchen cooking at the time and he would walk in and I would say, Hey babe. And I would continue cooking. And so one day he said to me, he was like, if you don't want me here, then just tell me you don't want me here. And I said, what are you talking about? I do want you here. You know, I enjoy you being here. And he said, every time that I come in at Weena, you never stop what you're doing. And, you know, greet me, hug me, kiss me and make me feel like you want me in your presence. For the first time, I had never thought about that because my mind was wired on how it was growing up. That's just not something that we did. So it wasn't that I didn't enjoy him being there. It wasn't that I, I didn't want him around me. It just never clicked in my head that that was an issue. And so he helped me to rectify that and to start paying attention to what my partner's love languages are. And, and we all have more than one. And so whenever, and which it hasn't been often, because my love life has been pretty shitty over the years. But anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. Hell, that's a whole nother series. But after that situation, it has made me more conscious to ask and to, um, to ask men what their love languages are, as well as take it a step further and say, hey, let's take the love language test. So that way, at least he is conscious and he's not trying to put me in a box and do things for me that he did for a woman previously and the same thing for me. Um, I ask that um, you think about what you accept and what you resist in your relationships. And until next time, thanks again, Elliot, for being on the show or I should say on the podcast.